Australia is a vast and lucky land. Beneath our feet is a treasure trove of unimaginable riches. But this story is about much more than precious minerals and dusty mine shafts. For 150 years, mining has changed the lives of us all in unexpected and extraordinary ways. It sparked waves of mass immigration and ignited political revolt. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. G'day you mob, welcome to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone are wanting to learn English. So, and the Aussie English Podcast, guys, is brought to you by the Aussie English Classroom. If you would like to learn English even faster and have access to weekly courses, videos, quizzes, vocab lists, all the extra stuff that will help you get your English to the next level, make sure that you go to theaussieenglishclassroom.com. Sign up and it's just a dollar for your first month. So, get in there and give it a go. You've got nothing to lose. If you're the kind of person who just wants access to the transcripts and MP3s for the podcast, you can get access to them at theaussieenglishpodcast.com. You can sign up and for the price of one coffee per month, you will get access to all of the transcripts and MP3s. Anyway, that aside... Today's intro scene, guys, was the intro to a documentary called Dirty Business, How Mining Made Australia. And this was on the Sterling Documentaries YouTube channel. So, I will put a link into the transcript today so that you can watch that entire documentary on their channel on YouTube if you so choose. It's pretty interesting. And in today's Aussie English Fact, we will go through mining and the history of mining in Australia. Anyway, guys, as usual, let's get into an Aussie joke before we go through the expression, the definitions, the examples of how I would use it, the listening repeat exercise, and then the fact, okay? So, the Aussie joke today, guys. My dog used to chase people on a bike a lot. It got so bad, finally, I had to take his bike away. (laughs) So, this isn't a question and answer joke this time. It's a story, and it's funny because the first sentence has you thinking there is a dog chasing someone on a bike, a person who is on a bike. But actually, it's the dog who is on the bike chasing people, right? So, that sentence can be actually taken two ways. And this is something interesting about English, right? So, I'll say the sentence again. My dog used to chase people on a bike a lot. So, he could be chasing people on a bike as in people riding bikes, or it could be that his dog was chasing people whilst the dog was on a bike, right? And then the last line, it got so bad, finally, I had to take his bike 
away. So now you're like, oh, is the dog's bike? Got it, got it. <laughs> so we have those jokes all the time in English where the first line sounds normal, and then the second line shows you that it is not what you thought the first line was. Okay. So today's expression is down to earth. To be down to earth, and this was suggested by Lily in the private Facebook group for Aussie English Classroom members. Good job, Lily. So, as usual, guys, let's go through and define the words in the expression "down to earth." Okay, down to earth. I'll break it up into the individual words. Down. Obviously, down means downwards, right? The opposite of up or upwards. Downwards is towards the ground, right? Down. Two is towards, in the direction of something, and Earth is the name of the planet, right? The planet Earth. But we often use this to mean the ground or the soil, right? If I'm standing up, usually my feet are on the Earth. If I am digging in the backyard, I might be moving Earth around, as in the ground or as in soil. So, what does the expression "down to Earth" mean? And you'll often hear this as a compound adjective, as in someone is. Down to earth, or Pete is a down to earth person, right? It could be an adjective in front of a noun as well. So, if you are down to earth, or if someone is down to earth, it can mean a few different things. Although they're sort of similar, okay? Practical, reasonable, and friendly. If you're a down to earth person, it could be also that you are practical. And directly deal with people, so you don't sort of beat around the bush, right? You're very straightforward. You're down to earth, but it can also mean someone who's very easy to talk to, right? So they're not up in the clouds, their head's not in the clouds. They're down to earth. They're easy to talk to. So let's go through three examples of how I would use the expression to be down to earth, right? If someone's down to earth, all right. Example number one: Imagine that you are a foreign. Student, and you have arrived in Australia from somewhere overseas. You're studying English. You're, you've organised your school. You have organised your accommodation, but you need to find a job, right? So you have asked your friends, maybe at the school that you're learning English at, where can I apply for a job? How do I apply? What do I need to do for my CV, my resume? And then you get that all sorted. You print out a few copies of your resume, and you head down to a local coffee shop or a cafe where your friends have suggested that you could um, submit your resume or your CV and apply for a job. So you do that. You go down there, and you find out the people there are really down to earth. So you get along with them really well. You get along like a house on fire, and they decide that they will give you the job. So lo and behold, you get the job. You really had a good time with them. They were really down to earth. You got hired, and the rest is history. The people you talked to were really down to earth. They were very easy to talk to, very practical, very reasonable, very friendly. Example number two. So you are going to a party where you know that there are going to be loads of rich people, but you're just an average Joe, right? You're just a an average middle class white collar or even blue collar worker. Uh, so you're worried everyone at the party is going to be really pretentious, really pompous, stuck up, and quite frankly, unpleasant to be around because that's your opinion. That is the stereotype of rich people, right? So you show up in your modest car. Maybe it's a Holden Commodore or Ford Falcon. You get out and you see Ferraris everywhere, Lamborghinis, Mercedes, BMWs, Audis everywhere around you. The party's in this huge house, a mansion with butlers, waiters, servants, gardeners running around at the guests' beck and call. The whole time, the grounds of the house are huge, massive lawns, 
fountains, statues, and you go in, everything's really extravagant. Everything is really gourmet food-wise, and everything is very luxurious. However, when you start chatting to people, you realise that despite these people being loaded, despite them having a lot of money, many of the guests are actually incredibly down-to-earth people. They are really down-to-earth, meaning that you can have great conversations with them, they're very practical, they're very direct, they're very friendly, they just seem like normal down-to-earth people, right? So, the idea here being that you thought that they were going to be stuck up with their heads up in the clouds, you know, on a different level from you, but it turns out they were down-to-earth with their with their feet firmly placed on the ground. They were very well grounded. Example number three, imagine you're a young lady. You've gone out on a date with a boy, you've hit it off, you've done really well, you decide you're going to be in a relationship and you want to take him home to meet the family, but you're worried that your dad... He, he has high expectations and he's very judgmental when it comes to boys who want to date you, right, for your romantic partners. So, you're worried about his high standards and how this boy that you're seeing is going to perform. So, you take him over and when your dad meets your boyfriend, he quickly realises that he's a great kid, he's a great guy, he's got a good head on his shoulders, his head isn't in the clouds, he's very practical, direct, easy to talk to, everyone gets along like crazy at dinner. And when he leaves, your father might talk to you and say, well done, he seems like a great guy, he seems like a very down-to-earth guy, I approve. Your boyfriend is very down-to-earth, he's an awesome guy. Awesome, guys. Well, I hope you now understand the expression to be down-to-earth. This can be to be a practical, reasonable or friendly person. It can be that when you deal with people, you do so in a very direct and practical manner. And it can also mean that you're very easy to talk to. So, you're very realistic, right, when you talk to people. So, as usual, let's go through the listen and repeat exercise now, guys, where you guys can practice your pronunciation. So, listen and repeat after me, guys. If you're working on your Aussie English accent, obviously try and mimic my accent as much as possible, as I have a general Australian accent. If you are working on a different accent, just go with that, practice that accent. Let's go. To. To be. To be down. To be down to. To be down to worth. 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 Good job, guys. Good job. So, now we're going to go conjugate through the sentence. I used to be down to earth. You used to be down to earth. So, we'll be using used to. And remember that if you used to and do something, be something, whatever it is, it means that that thing used to happen previously quite a lot in the past, right? But it's no longer happening. For example, I used to go to high school. I used to like surfing. I used to have a lot of friends. I used to live in Melbourne. It's something that happened in the past, but no longer happens today, okay? So, let's go. I used to be down to worth. You used to be down to worth. He used to be down to worth. She used to be down to worth.
We used to be down to earth. They used to be down to earth. It used to be down to earth. Good job, guys. Remember, if you would like to go through this pronunciation exercise in more detail, where I take you through step by step all the aspects of pronunciation, I talk about intonation and rhythm, things like that, in a video. Make sure that you go to theaussieenglishclassroom.com, sign up, and you will get access to today's video for this course that will go with this expression episode, as well as all of the previous courses, and you can complete them in your own time, anywhere you like, uh, online in the classroom. Anyway, guys, let's get into the Aussie English fact for today, and then we will finish up. All right. So today's expression was about earth, as in the ground. Therefore, I was thinking for the Aussie English fact, maybe we could talk about mining in Australia because mining is a relatively big deal in Australia. So mining in Australia is a significant primary industry and contributor to the Australian economy. I'm sure if you are here already, you've probably seen it on the news as they, the politicians are always talking about mining.、Uh, numerous different kinds of ores and minerals are mined across the continent, and historically, mining booms have encouraged immigration to Australia. In the early days of Australia, when the colonies were being developed, mining contributed a significant amount to preventing potential. Bankruptcy of these early colonies, so they were making a lot of money from mining. Copper and silver were discovered in South Australia around the 1840s, which led to the export of the ore and a great deal of immigration of skilled miners and smelters into Australia. The first economic minerals in Australia were silver and lead. And that started in 1841 in a mine at Glen Osmond in Adelaide, South Australia. The value of these mines, though, was soon overshadowed by the discovery of copper at places like Kapunda, Bura, and the Copper Triangle. They are three towns called Munta, Kadina, and Wularu. These are all indigenous names, I take it,、um, and this was located at the top of the York Peninsula. About ten years later, in 1851, gold was found in New South Wales and Victoria, and the Australian gold rushes took off. The influx of wealth that the gold brought soon made Victoria Australia's richest colony by far, and Melbourne the largest city on the island. By the middle of the 1850s, 40% of the world's gold was dug out of Australian soils. Today, mining activity occurs in all states and territories across Australia, but only an estimated 0.02% of Australia's land surface has directly been impacted by mining. That was actually a lot less than I had expected. So, major active mines in Australia include the Olympic Dam. In South Australia, this is a copper, silver, and uranium mine believed to have the world's largest uranium resource, and the Super Pit Gold Mine, which has replaced a number of underground mines near Kalgoorlie in WA, Western Australia. So, which minerals and ores does Australia primarily mine? We mine iron ore, and we're the second largest supplier after China, supplying about. Almost a billion metric tons of iron ore every year, and that is 25% of the world's output. We mine nickel, 9% of the world's output, aluminium, 
That's almost 30% of the world's output. Number one, we are for aluminium. We mine copper, we mine gold, we mine silver, and we mine uranium. Those are the biggest ores and minerals that we mine in Australia. But we also mine diamonds, opals, zinc, coal, oil shale, petroleum, natural gas, silica, and other rare elements as well. Despite the value of mining in Australia and the revenue that it generates for the Australian government and uh, obviously the Australian people, many people would like to see an end to mining in Australia, especially for certain minerals and ores such as coal, which is a relatively contentious uh, mineral or ore that is dug up from the ground and burnt in order to create electricity. But it is relatively inefficient and it contributes heavily to climate change. That said, mining is arguably the backbone of the Australian economy and it will likely remain a big part of Australia into the future for better or worse. So, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys. I hope you have a great weekend and I will chat to you soon. See you later. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast. If you wish to support the podcast and help me keep bringing you content, you can do so via my Patreon page. Remember, it's my mission here at Aussie English not only to help you understand Australian English, but to speak it like a native. If that's your goal, make sure you enroll in the Aussie English Classroom, guys, where you'll get all the bonus content for today's episode designed to improve your English even faster. Have a ripper of a day and I'll see you in class. Hello.